Welcome to River City 360, views and news from around Winnipeg. My name is Nolan Bicknell. With me, as always, is my co-host, Robert Zirk. On today's show, we'll speak with Angeline Nelson, Director of Community and Learning Engagement at the University of Winnipeg. We'll learn about the Learning Anishinaabe program at the Wichiwakanuk Centre and the importance of maintaining our connection to Indigenous languages and culture. Then we'll speak with Carrie Ryan from the Winnipeg Foundation about the Literacy for Life program. This wonderful program has been encouraging kids and their families to embrace literacy for over 15 years. And she's going to tell us about the early days of the program as well as some of the wonderful stories since its inception. This past Tuesday, the Winnipeg Foundation's Youth in Philanthropy program hosted an event at the Winnipeg Art Gallery with a special visit from the mayor, and RC360's own Sonny Primolo went to check it out and got to speak with two amazing youth about the event and the YIP program. And if quitting smoking is one of your New Year's resolutions, the Manitoba Lung Association can help. We'll speak with President and CEO Neil Johnston to learn more about the resources it offers for quitting smoking, as well as about the upcoming Tulip Days, which begins in February. We've got all this, some great tunes, and much, much more on today's episode of River City 360. Hello and welcome to RC360. Nolan and Robert here with you today, as we always are, every Thursday at noon, and perhaps even every Saturday at 8 if you're listening at the repeat broadcast. Robert, how are you doing this fine day? I'm doing great, Nolan. How are you doing today? I'm doing quite well. You know, it's been kind of a crazy week. I'm going on vacation next week, so I'm trying to scramble around, get things done, and it's proving, you know, I'm a bit of a procrastinator, as you know, and uh, I like to leave things for the very last minute. So uh, today and tomorrow is going to be all about just chaotically running back and forth like a chicken with my head cut off, trying to uh, finish my to-do list. But I'm sure you'll you'll enjoy a nice break next it'll, week. That's it'll the, all be worth that's it. That's the reward, right? I will miss you. I'll miss the show. I'll miss all of our lovely listeners. Uh, but yeah, definitely excited to be going down to the Philippines for a wedding. Uh, shout out to uh, yeah my buddy Dennis, who's getting married. It's going to be a good time. But uh, you'll hold down the fort. There's lots of great stories in the queue for next week. Uh, but this week as well, we got some really interesting conversations and stories and interviews to get to. Um, the uh, the Winnipeg Foundation actually had its annual celebration last night, including um, the highlights of the year. They announced that there was $41.1 million distributed. And uh, I guess this was the 97th or 98th year coming up on the 100th. It was a pretty monumentous occasion last night. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, lots going on there as well. The foundation also announced the reconciliation grants yesterday, which we had featured on the show last week. And uh, recently, you might have heard in the news, its proposal for two very cool projects to commemorate its 2021 centennial. And those would be the development of archives in the former William Avenue Library branch, as well as a pedestrian and cycling bridge linking Osborne Village to downtown. So, you know, lots going on, lots to celebrate. We'll provide you with an update on next week's show. But until then, we've got a really fantastic show this week. Yeah, first conversation, uh, we are going to be learning about learning Anishinaabe. It's a weekly cultural program that started a couple weeks ago through the University of Winnipeg's Wichiwakanak Center. And uh, it's going to be just basically helping people of all ages and all backgrounds learn the Ojibwe language. We're going to learn all about that coming up after our first musical break. But Robert, what have you got for a song for us today? We're going to start things off with the National Pops and Charles Gerhardt with With a Song in My Heart, right here on River City 360.
Thank you for listening to River City 360. My name is Nolan Bicknell, and I'm now joined in studio by Angeline Nelson. She is the Director of Community Learning and Engagement at the University of Winnipeg. Angeline, thank you for joining us today. Thank you for inviting me. Oh, it's my, our pleasure. We wanted to talk to you about learning Anishinaabe and learning the Ojibwe language and learning about the culture of Indigenous people here in Winnipeg. So my first question is, um, what is the motivation to provide this opportunity of learning Anishinaabe to people here in Winnipeg? Well, that's kind of a big question because it really comes back to uh, the Wichiwaganak Learning Center. Um, so, and just understanding how that all started. Um, and so that was back in like 2006 actually, um, is how the Wichiwaganak Learning Center came to be. And it was really uh, the university seeing uh, the need to service the community. And so that's like kind of the origin of the center and um, that understanding that also the community um, in which we are situated in has a high indigenous population um, as well as a high newcomer population. Um, and how do we bridge our community and how do we serve the community? And so, you know, kind of since its inception there, they ha- the center has been offering free language classes to the community. And so for me, when I came on about three years ago, like ah, that was very important to me as a First Nation woman, as an Ojibwe and Cree person, um, you know, I wanted to continue that. And so it's one of the programs that we offer uh, just about every year. And it's always filled. We always are over capacity. And, you know, we're so we're happy that we are um, filling a need of the community because there's not a lot of opportunity um, to learn the language and people really need that one-on-one. They really need that one-on-one and they need that uh, teacher-student interaction. Um, There's a lot of like really cool online resources um, for for them to come and to be able to practice it, um, you know, with the teacher and help them with pronunciation, I think is so important. So it's kind of a long answer to your question. No, for sure, that's perfect. Um, I mean, education seems to be the most important thing when it comes to reconciliation as well, just understanding and just immersing yourself in cultures and languages and what what's been the response of people that take these these classes and how do they respond when they kind of start to learn a little bit more about it well it is definitely um a mixed class that's participating so we do have like non-indigenous people who are there and they just want to learn the language and they want to learn more about the culture um and they really get a lot of a lot out of it too like they appreciate it and you know we've had some people from you know all over the world really coming like people from japan who just want to you know are interested in learning about the language of the original people of the land and um you know specifically here in treaty one territory um learning ojibwe so they you know, there's an appreciation for it too and a better understanding um, that comes with learning the language. Um, And then of course, for the indigenous people that are coming, like specifically the Ojibwe people, like it's a huge opportunity for them to learn the language, to learn from an instructor, um, as well as having an elder there who's fluent in it. Um, You know, those are all really important because I think there's this generation of, First Nation people, of Indigenous people, um, myself included, you know, where, you know, our parents have went, our parents and grandparents have went to residential school, and as a result, um, a lot of us weren't taught, um, you know, our language. It's an opportunity to reconnect and and relearn, yeah. Absolutely. 
so a lot of people who are coming in, you know, are are part of that generation who want to learn. They want, they, you know, they still hear their parents speak it and their grandparents speak it, and they um, want to be involved and be, and be in- included in the conversation. Absolutely, yeah. So I mean, it's it's part of our identity and who we are, and so it's really great to have opportunities like very this. very important for sure. So these are every Saturday. It started a couple weeks ago. Every Saturday from eleven to two, eleven a.m. to two p.m. and it's free of charge and it's all ages. So what happens when someone who's a little younger comes in or what's the youngest you've ever had like give me an example of the range of ages oh yeah we absolutely encourage um, people to bring their young ones like even if they're sitting there coloring they're still picking it up and it's so amazing and beautiful to see when um, you know, like I, br- I brought my daughter there last week too. And, um, you know, I was a little bit worried of like how she was going to do with pronunciation. And, you know, she didn't have to read it. She just was able to, you know, pronounce Their brains the words are like sponges, so right? well. Yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. And so it's, it's really amazing to see. And um, there are people who bring their very young children, like, you know, from newborns, really, you know, they're sitting there. Um, and then, yeah, people have young children that are sitting there as well well the earlier you're exposed to concepts and ideas the easier it is for you to you know make them memory make them natural and and just have it a part of your existence basically yep absolutely so what like why is this important for winnipeg in general i mean we obviously talk about the education aspect but i'm talking more about the importance of incorporating these languages and cultures into our lives on a regular basis that maybe because of the residential school systems it wasn't allowed to be in our culture so why is it important to to make sure that this is part of our day-to-day activities uh, well, because I think when you think about the history of Canada in general and what has been done to Indigenous people, the culture, the language, and how, you know, it was essentially, you know, they tried to erase it. And so I think it's really important for Indigenous people to be teaching about Indigenous language, culture, and histories as well, so that we're getting that accurate, you know, and two-sided like version of the history, but we're also seeing the beauty of the culture and of the language of the people who have lived here for you know thousands of years. Why do you think when Indigenous and non-Indigenous people come together, it's important to have these conversations that maybe they wouldn't necessarily have in a different context? Well, I think it's really important because um, you know there's just this environment of I guess I would say of respect for one another, and so. You know, you're in a safe place where, you know, everybody can ask questions and, um, you know, you're in a place to learn more together. And I think that's super important for reconciliation and for moving forward and for, you know, learning more about Indigenous people, like from both sides, because I think... Um, especially in an urban setting. Like for me, like I grew up in my community and I was very connected to language and culture, but coming here and working and providing services for Indigenous people in urban centers, I can see that disconnect. Um, You know, uh, not everybody, of course, but more so than I was used to in my community, you know, like um, coming here, seeing that there's a lot of urban Indigenous people who sometimes don't even know what nation they come from, you know? And so just kind of like, having those questions asked and working with young children like it's so important it might even be the case that people don't even know what they're missing until they Absolutely. realize kind of what like what that emptiness might be and then you can kind of fill that gap for them and they can kind of realize oh my god I had no idea absolutely I think yes absolutely that is absolutely the case we hear that many times and people are just like looking for a place to start so 
And this is a great place to start. So the second class that we're offering right now is actually an intermediate okay. um, Ojibwe class. And so we had just finished our beginner class um, that ran from September to end of November. But does this class, even if a beginner comes in off the street, would they still be kind of given some uh, resources as, as far as where they can start? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yep, okay. yep. They all follow um, one book and, um, you know, they, if they choose to, they can, you know, kind of read it in the beginning. It's also nice just to sit there and listen, mm-hmm. like to hear the pronunciation of words. Um, you definitely will still get a lot out of it, even as a beginner. For sure. Well, it's even like when you move to a different country, you can't help but learn the language, right? So if you're absolutely. immersing yourself in a, in a different area that people are all around you talking of course you're going to pick some stuff up yeah even if you can't even help it yeah yeah for sure so um where can people find out more information about this and when is the next event it's every saturday just to reiterate uh from 11 a.m to 2 p.m at the wichawakanak learning center uh right it's across the street from the university of winnipeg yep still part of the campus but yeah we're at 511 ellis avenue um in the helen benny arthorn building and where can people find out where can people find out more information online so we have a website through the University of Winnipeg. So it's uwinnipeg.ca slash Weechee. So W-I-I-C-H-I-I. Perfect. And so, yeah, anyone who wants to learn a little bit more about their own culture or about other Indigenous cultures, learn the Ojibwe language, come check it out. It's very cool. Uh, it's a weekly cultural program that provides parents, children, and individuals of all ages with the chance to learn the Ojibwe language through fun and engaging classroom sessions. Uh, Angeline Nelson, Director of Community Learning and Engagement, thank you for talking to us today. Really appreciate this. And uh, yeah, hope this continues to be a successful program. And thanks for everything that you do. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks, Nolan. Coming up next, we'll speak with Carrie Ryan, Community Grants Associate at the Winnipeg Foundation, to learn more about the Foundation's Literacy for Life initiative and its support for family literacy programs across Manitoba. Before we get to that, though, here is Teresa Brewer with Music, 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 right here on River City 360.
Thank you for listening to River City 360. My name is Nolan Bicknell, and we're now joined in studio by Carrie Ryan. She is the Community Grants Associate at the Winnipeg Foundation. Carrie, thank you for joining us. Thank you. You've been on the show a couple times. It's good to have you back. I have. Thank we can you. call you friend of the show now, I think, I think officially. So. Awesome. Uh, we're having you on to talk about the 15th anniversary of Literacy for Life. Uh, Literacy for Life, obviously a program to help uh, children and youth learn how to better read and write and celebrate literacy in, in all its ways. Um, but before we kind of talk about the program, uh, just my first question is, why is literacy important um, for, for you in your life? Yeah, well, I think literacy is important in everybody's life. It's a really fundamental skill that um, sets you up for everything you might want to do, whether it's school or employment, hobbies, all of those kinds of things. Reading has been important to me for my whole life. My mom and dad read to me when I was a kid, and it just built a love of reading that has lasted until this day. And, you know, uh, curling up with a book is absolutely my favorite thing to do. Well, and translated not only to a love of reading, but you're a poet and writer as well. So Mm -hmm. it kind of translates into all sorts of life skills, not just enjoying literature and reading itself, but, but sort of the writing aspect as well. Yeah, absolutely. It's been a great creative pursuit for me as well. So what does Literacy for Life aim to accomplish when it was first launched 15 years ago? Uh, like, what was the main goal for Literacy for Life? Yeah, so the goal was to increase literacy skills, both among young children and their parents. So the idea is it's intergenerational or family literacy uh, that it's supporting. So kids and their parents coming together and learning learning and working together, typically very young children with their parents, but it's a really wide range of groups that have access to the fund. So the, the key piece is that it's intergenerational. So children are coming with another family member, could be a grandparent, it could be an aunt or uncle, it could be an older sibling, but that there's that learning that, that spans the generations there. Has there always been that connection and that intention behind Literacy yes. for Light to always have a sort of parent or guardian helping out with that aspect of yeah, things? Yeah, that's right. That was one of the pieces that was brought to us when the fund was first established back in 2003 one of the partners that was really um, integral in getting it getting it started was called Literacy Partners of Manitoba and um, they brought to us this key need that they saw in the community that there was need for supporting these intergenerational programs. Why like what's the difference between just sort of sitting a kid down with a book as opposed to sitting a kid down with a with someone that they love and appreciate? Yeah well we have heard just anecdotally through the years that learning from a parent is really impactful for kids. There's that role modeling there that the parents are presenting. There's also a real bonding element. So we hear back from parents that not only are they gaining some reading skills themselves and their kids are gaining some literacy skills, but they're also feeling closer and more connected with their kids. And they're getting more ideas of activities that they can do with their kids rather than just, you know, the family parking down in front of the TV. They're learning that they can open a book or they can say a rhyme together if they're in the car. They can sing along to a story or a song that they've learned together in one of these programs. So we're, we're hearing that the impacts of the types of programs being supported by Literacy for Life go really far beyond just looking at a book and, and reading off a page. And creating those bonds too, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. What are some memorable grants or moments? Or and Were you around for since 20, 2003 from the beginning? the beginning? Very yeah. cool. So, so we've so made what, a lot yeah. of grants in that time. Yeah, give I me just, some examples. Yeah, I just took a, a look through my notes and we've made about 500 grants over that time. Wow. The grants are really small, so up to $4,000. Okay. Um, and they support a wide range of programs, even with even knowing that there has to be, you know, that parent and child involvement, there's still tons of range in terms of what the fund supports. So I've just um, 
pulled out a couple that I, that were kind of interesting to me. Um, one really neat project that we've supported through the John Howard Society and previously through the Elizabeth Fry Society. Those are both organizations that work with incarcerated people. Okay. Um, they go into the prisons. They record parents reading a, a story, a storybook to their child. Wow. They take that recording and the book take it to the child and the child can have the experience of their parent who is incarcerated reading to them wow. and then they have the book to keep as well so some really high impact interesting ways of having that intergenerational um, piece come alive and keeping that connection alive too keeping that right? connection alive wow. um, there's a program out in brandon run through child and family services that has volunteers go into families homes if a family is isolated and can't get to one of these programs you know if a mom's at home with a you know five kids and can't you know manage to um, get to a program and doesn't have the transportation volunteers will come into their homes and do these types of programs one-on-one so um, you know some parents don't necessarily know that they should be reading to their kids who are very young they might not know how to do it they might not know what type of book is appropriate Mm -hmm. so volunteers come into their homes and help provide them with that kind of support so that they can build some confidence in terms of reading to their kids and you know some parents don't have strong literacy skills themselves so that can be a real challenge to then try to um, generate that in the next um, the next generation so you know even letting a parent know that if you're just looking at a picture book with no words you can make up the story and you're still getting that experience mm-hmm. of storytelling and and um, literacy with your child there's so many different angles that this can be sort of this issue can be attacked from it's it's cool to see so many different things that are happening um how do you see this program moving forward and like obviously it's endowed so it's going to be here forever but what are some of the sort of maybe more cutting edge or interesting things that are coming down the pipe that you might uh, want to share with us yeah well it's it's hard to predict you know where things might go and um you know what we are seeing is some trends in the types of groups that are looking for support so for example there's been several newcomer serving mm. groups coming to us and, and you know that seems to be um coming to the fore a little bit well, more just learning the english language what what better way than by reading to or being read to right yeah learning the english language but also helping them helping um, them develop language skills in their own language to pass oh, okay. along to their children oh, as well. Yeah, so there's sort of that, alive, yeah. that dual kind of purpose there. Cool. So, you know, it's not just about learning English, but it's about just um, building that that sense that language and communication is, is so mm-hmm. important and, and so key for, for everybody. So if someone out there is listening that might be a part of a school or a part of a group that could take advantage of some of these these small grants or, or these Literacy for Life programs, how do they find out more information? Yeah, there's lots of information on our website. So all of the information about how to apply and the types of projects that are eligible is all on our website, the foundation website under Literacy for Life. Um, my contact information is there as well, so anybody can give me a call anytime with Perfect. any questions. So look up Carrie at the Winnipeg Foundation, WPGFDN.org. Yeah, thank you for talking to us about Literacy for Life. Here's to another 15 years of uh, the programming, and uh, thanks again. Sounds good. Thanks. Thanks, Nolan, and thanks again to Carrie Ryan for speaking with us about Literacy for Life. Coming up next, our very own Sonny Primolo visited a special event held at the Winnipeg Art Gallery this past Tuesday as part of the Winnipeg Foundation's Youth in Philanthropy Initiative. We'll have his conversations with Praise Oluafemi, one of the event MCs, and Nav Brar, who had the opportunity to greet the mayor, after our next song, which is Stan Kenton and his orchestra with Artistry and Rhythm right here on River City 360.
Thank you for listening to River City 360. I'm Sunny Promolo, and with me today is Praise Oluwafemi, who is one of the MCs at the YIP event today. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Hi. How did you get involved with the YIP program? Actually, it was my older sister. She was in youth and philanthropy, and she, I remember when she was in high school, she was always telling me about it, and she was like, join YIP, join YIP. So then when I like got to grade nine, I was like, I guess I'll join it. So yeah, it was just my sister that inspired me to join. I look up to her. What has been your experience so far with the program? It's been amazing. Honestly, it's exceeded my expectations. I've gotten you know out of my comfort zone and be able to do a lot of things that I normally wouldn't be able to do because of this. What does the program mean to youth like you in Winnipeg? I think it's a way for us to express ourselves and a way for us to feel like we have a place in the community and feel like we have a voice in the community because for most of the things that happen around our lives, the adults make the decisions. So it's like we get a chance to actually have a say and have a voice in what we're doing. Youth are giving in many different types of ways now, whether it be through things like GoFundMe and things like that. What are some ways that you feel that youth are giving and what's the best way to reach youth and get them to be more philanthropic? Right. I think one of the big things to first start off is to understand what the youth want in the community first before you even like start to build things. And I think that for the most part, I think I've heard a lot around like uh, mental health because I feel like that's a very big thing in our society and there's such a taboo around it. I feel like now a lot of youth are very like interested in that and really want people to be focused on that. So I think things like that and just kind of hearing what we have to say. I think once you hear like what we really want to be changed, then I think you can go from there. And as one of the MCs for today's event, how does it make you feel when you see everyone here from all the different schools? It feels amazing because although we all go to different schools and we all have different experiences, it brings us together. And, you know, I can look around and be like, oh, I remember this person from this, you know, YIP meeting or whatever. And just like I still know some people that I met like two years ago and I'm still very close with them or and things like that. So I think it's very great. It's a great opportunity to be together and you feel safe because, you know, the people around you are just uh, very empowering people who care about you and like the environment. Yeah, absolutely. When I went to high school, I only interacted with students from other schools when I'd be at a sporting event or something. But this is a whole nother level of that. How is YIP affecting you as a person? And what do you feel you will take away from all of these experiences? Uh, Yep, personally, like I said, stated before, has kind of put me outside of my comfort zone and made me to kind of realize, uh, to see a different view of the world around me and, you know, to realize that, you know, things aren't always, you know, great, but also to be able to realize that although things aren't great around the world around me, that there is something that I can do because sometimes you look and you're like, all of these people are doing such great things and it doesn't seem like you can do anything, but Yip has really made me uh, rethink that and made me realize that, you know, what just doing something a little here or helping out or volunteering can really go a long way. Absolutely. Every little bit counts. We're here today at the uh, Winnipeg Art Gallery for the YIP event. What did you look most forward to here at the Winnipeg Art Gallery and why? Well, definitely this. This was like a big thing to come to and meeting the mayor was definitely a big thing, you know, getting to hear what he has to say to us. I think I'm very excited for that. If you had a chance to ask the mayor something, what would it be? 
I would ask him, what are some things that he would do to help youth be more involved in the community? I think is one thing that definitely getting us to be more involved in the community because I think a lot of us are now, but even still getting more of us because we are the future. We are the ones who are going to be the future mayors, the future prime ministers and things like that. So I think I would ask him like, what are his plans to get us, you know, towards that path? Absolutely. Again, thank you very much, Praise, for coming today on uh, River City 360. I hope you have a wonderful time emceeing. Yes, thank you. Thank you so much for having me. With me today is Nav Brar, a yipper from the Winnipeg Foundation. You get to do something pretty special today. Uh, what would that be? Uh, today I get to greet the mayor as he comes in, and I think it's a pretty exciting opportunity. I get to be face-to-face face with him, get to know him. I on a more personal basis than a lot of people do. He's a very busy person. Obviously, Yip has given you this opportunity to meet the mayor, of course, but uh, Yip has also provided a ton of other opportunities. What can you say about Yip and what has it offered you ever since you've joined? I think the biggest thing that Yip does for anybody that joins is opens up a lot of different opportunities and just paths in life. Um, ever since I've joined Yip, I realized how passionate I am, I am about philanthropic work in the city and just around the world. So I want to pursue human rights now and Yip has been one of the reasons that I've made that decision. And so how did you learn about Yip to begin with? Uh, Yip was a, it was a committee at my school, it was a club, and uh, when I first heard about it, I wasn't very sure about what it was. Uh, there was something about money and then some charities and organizations. Um, it didn't make much sense to me, but then I went to a meeting and I just found out that you get to give grants to charities in need and you get to decide what they get and what they do with the money. So I thought it was exactly the kind of thing I would be interested in. A lot of youth are pretty knowledgeable about the YIP program, but for those who aren't or are kind of like on the fence about the YIP program, what is it that you would like to say to them? I would just like to say that if you want to get more involved in Winnipeg and the community that we have here and just see what you can, what good you can do in the world, um, just give it a try, see what it's like, and I'm sure you'll learn something from it. I'd just like to say thank you. and. Um, it's. Uh, I, I would say that anybody who is considering YIP or anything of the sort, go for it. You will not regret it. Thanks, Sunny. You know, this Sunday, January 20th, marks the start of National Non-Smoking Week. And if you or someone you care about is thinking of quitting or is trying to quit or is in the process of quitting, be sure to stay tuned. We've got a conversation with Neil Johnston, president and CEO of the Manitoba Lung Association coming up. And he's going to tell us a little bit more about some of the resources that the Lung Association offers to help you or your loved ones quit smoking. And we're also going to learn about many of the other initiatives that promote lung health and breathing with ease right here in Manitoba. But before we get to that, here's Alex Pangman with Shine, right here on RC360. Oh, cause my hair is curly, cause my teeth are curly, or just because I always have a smile on like to dress up in the latest style Yes, sir, cause I'm glad I'm living Take trouble smiling Never mind, no Say I'm a lucky fella I got the world as my umbrella That's why they call me Shine 
teased our curly What? Just because I always have a smile on Like to dress up in the latest style The latest style Cause I'm glad I'm living Take trouble smiling Never mind, no sir Oh, cause I'm a lucky fella I got world's my umbrella That's why they call me Welcome back to River City 360. Robert Zirk here with you today, and I am now joined by Neil Johnston. He is the president and CEO and the director of health initiatives at the Manitoba Lung Association. Neil, thank you so much for joining me today. Glad to be here. Thanks for the invitation. With 2019 being a new year, one of the most popular New Year's resolutions for many people is quitting smoking. And I understand the Lung Association has resources for people who are trying to quit. Tell us a little bit more about those and and how people can access them. Sure, Robert. Uh, So, yes, certainly the New Year is the time to think about uh, healthy pursuits. And uh, one of the popular resolutions is to quit smoking. Um, Just to put some context in, there's still about 120,000 people in Manitoba that are still smoking. So it's still a very... uh, significant factor in a lot of people's lives and it is still a very significant issue health-wise for for people and it can impact people for many years even after they smoke because the health benefits of quitting basically start right away but if you don't quit before the lung effects uh, kick in then the the damage is permanent for the lungs. For other conditions such as heart disease, stroke and cancer those risks diminish significantly over time, so there's always a benefit health-wise. But unfortunately for the lungs, if there is lung damage due to smoking, it's basically permanent. So we do encourage people to, to quit smoking as soon as they can. And even people have, who have smoked for many, many years say, well, what's the point Well, in quitting? Well, there is always a health benefit. So we encourage people to quit smoking at any time. We do have quite a few resources. We have a workbook that it's called Journey to Quit, and it helps people think through the process of smoke, uh, smoking cessation and, and, for, and what um, the journey would look for them, because it's very individual. And one of the messages that it highlights is that smoking cessation works best with support. And there could be, there's a wide variety of supports available. It could be just talking to a friend who's quit and can provide some advice, talking to your pharmacist, talking to your physician. It kind of goes back to, I guess, accountability. Sometimes we're, we're more likely to be accountable to other people than we are to ourselves, which exactly. is strange to think about, but at the same time, that's often what works best for a lot of people. Yeah, and that behavior change often is reinforced if we make a, a verbal commitment to someone because it's not, it's like as you said, Robert, it's, it's not just a commitment to ourselves, but now it's out in public and uh, somebody will hold me accountable if problems occur. So support's very important. We have an online uh, Facebook uh, group with lots of support there. Uh, we have lots of resources online at mb.lung.ca, so there's that. And, of course, you know, in the community, talk to your pharmacist. They'd be able to offer you the nicotine replacement. That's often an important support. And uh, your physician can, there's actually two medications that can be used to uh, help with the cravings and reduce the urge to smoke. That's great. So just knowing that you're not alone, and that can be all the difference to someone that's that maybe is just having trouble doing it on their own, is knowing that the resources are out there to help them. Yeah, for sure. And, and it's important to note that there are more people who've quit smoking out there than currently smoke. 
So it is something, and is, quitting smoking is tough because nicotine is such an uh, incredibly addictive substance. But it is possible. If you go to our Facebook page, the, there's lots of stories of people who have quit and are, are very supportive and, and also people looking for, for help that could really use the uh, encouragement. Now, in the studio today, you brought in a little small cardboard box, and mm-hmm. I understand that there is a, a radon tester in there, yeah. and that's another initiative of the Lung Association is promoting radon testing in homes. Can you tell us what is radon and, and why is it important to make sure that your home is tested? Radon is a radioactive gas. It's in high levels in Manitoba, and uh, it is the second leading cause of lung cancer next to tobacco, and it is the leading cause of lung cancer in non-smokers. So it is important to test for it. It's estimated like one in five houses in Manitoba have high levels, but I think to date only 4% of houses have been tested. So it's important to test. So the radon gas seeps into your house. Your house has basically lower pressure than the outdoors. So the radon gas gets sucked in and it gets concentrated in your house. So it's important to uh, test to see, in fact, if you have high levels of radon. And then there are some straightforward approaches to deal with it. So it is definitely fixable. What are some other programs and ways that the Lung Association promotes lung health in Manitoba? We have support groups an example is our pulmonary fibrosis support group. It meets in Concordia Place monthly. And as part of that program, which is done with our partners at the Winnipeg Clinic, the, there is a patient education day that we're co-sponsoring Saturday, May 11th at Kaboto Center. So if anybody out there is living with pulmonary fibrosis or is, is a caregiver of somebody uh, with pulmonary fibrosis, we encourage you to come out to the support group monthly and or come to our patient education day on May 11th. Uh, and uh, information on that be, can be attained by calling our um, partner uh, Debbie at 204-661-7431. The other thing we have is a 1-800 number that people living with chronic disease can call at one 877 and so there's somebody at the other end who will answer any questions about lung health. And that number is staffed by certified respiratory educators, so professionals who have been trained in, in lung questions and should be able to help uh, answer any questions that people might have. We also have online resources at mb.lung.ca that are, of course, accessible anywhere in the province where there's internet connection, and that's 24-7 as well. We have a variety of handouts. Uh, the newest things that we're talking about, of course, are vaping and cannabis. So there's some resources to answer questions about those new lung health concerns. Although cannabis has been around for quite a long time, but it's the legalization of it has made smoking cannabis a bigger concern in mainstream society now. And the Lung Association promotes various events throughout the year, and one of those events that's on the horizon starting February 19th is Tulip Days. Tell us a little bit more about that. Mid-February, our Tulip campaign kicks off, and there's essentially two phases for that. We have our Workplace Champions starting up mid to late February. We're recruiting Workplace Champions now to sell tulips and raise money for the Lung Association within their offices. And the second phase is uh, the tulips are available for public purchase in malls and uh, hospital lobbies and other public places. So if you see tulips out there, please stop by. $7 for a bunch, 20 bucks for three bunches. And that's the first sign of spring is the tulip campaign.
And why tulips specifically? What is the significance of choosing the tulip as the flower? Yeah, it's a good question, Robert. It's a sign of spring, and it's it's a breath of spring and, and that kind of connotation. But also, more importantly, it's a flower that has low scent and has low impact on people living with breathing conditions. So scent-free spaces are important for um, people living with lung disease and sensitivity. So so it's, uh, it's a good reminder that spring is around the corner, and it's also safe for people with uh, breathing concerns. Excellent. We're just about out of time, but I'm wondering if there's anything else you'd like to add before we sign off today. Well, give us a call if you have any questions. Uh, 774-5501 is our office number. Uh, go online to see our resources. We have quite a variety of, of things for clean air, for healthy breathing, but also for people who are living with lung disease. So it's not just about managing disease, but I think more importantly, preventing disease. And uh, we say that one in five Manitobans have a lung uh, health issue, but five out of five Manitobans have lungs. So we all have a stake in, in clean air and healthy breathing. Very true. So again, if any of our listeners would like to get more information about the various initiatives at the Lung Association, if you're trying to quit smoking or want to learn more about some of the other initiatives or about the upcoming events about uh, Tulip Days that are coming up in February, you can visit mb.lung.ca. Thank you so much. I've been speaking with Neil Johnston, the President and CEO and Director of Health Initiatives at the Manitoba Lung Association. Neil, thank you so much again for speaking with me. Certainly welcome, Robert. It's been a pleasure. Thanks, Robert. We've got time for some more tunes on our C360 before we say goodbye today. So here's, you know, the greatest band of all time, the Beatles, eight days a week, right here on our C360.
That was the Beatles with Eight Days a Week right here on River City 360, and we've got time for more music today. Here are 101 Strings with Dreamsville right here on River City 360. Welcome back to River City 360. Robert and Nolan here with you today. We've got time for one more song before we say goodbye today. So here is Harry Nilsson with Everybody's Talking right here on River City 360. Everybody's talking at me. I don't hear words they're saying. Only the echoes of my mind. People stop and stare. I can't see their faces, only the shadows of their eyes. I'm going while the sun keeps shining through the pouring rain. Going well, the weather suits my clothes. Banking off of the northeast wind. Sailing on summer breeze And skipping over the ocean Like a stone Sailing on summer breeze And skipping over the ocean Like a stone Everybody's talking at me Can't hear a word they're saying Only the echoes of my mind I won't let you my love behind No, I won't let you
That's a wrap on this week's episode of River City 360. Thank you so much for tuning in and a huge thank you to all of our guests for sitting down and talking to us today as well. If you'd like to hear more RC360, listen to any of our past episodes or subscribe to the podcast, you can do that at our website. RiverCity360.org is the address. Again, that's RiverCity360.org. River City 360, views and news from around Winnipeg is a project of the Winnipeg Foundation in partnership with CJNU 93.7 FM. And we'd love to hear your feedback about the show. If you'd like to say hello, request a song, or suggest a topic for a future show, give us a call at 204-944-9474, extension 360. That's our listener line. And again, that's 204-944-9474, extension 360. You can also find us online by searching Twitter at at WPGFDN and searching the Winnipeg Foundation on Facebook as well. I'm Nolan Bicknell, signing off for River City 360. And I'm Robert Zirk. Thank you again so much for listening, and we'll see you next week. Have a great day and a great weekend. Thank you.